0: The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio is speaking. My son and I, my son Cash and I went up there to the camp on Friday. Uh, my two older kids had some events going on on Friday night, and my wife had something, and so they were going to join us you know, the next day. And uh, So Cash and I get up there, and you know, we set up and, and uh, do, our, do our thing, and, and we survive the, you know, survive the night. And, and kind of the next morning, like we're expecting, like Amy, like right away, like, hey, what's, how's it going, man? Good to see you. And uh like where's he, where's uh you know, where's Amy, where's Amy? And like and Cash is asking me like all like all morning long, where's when's mom coming up? When's mom coming up? And like, I'm fine, like we're surviving here, like I made you breakfast, I can take care of you, but like where's mom? And not just Cash, but I think pretty much everyone around the camp, there's probably like another eight or eight or ten families around, like, hey, when's Amy coming up? Is Amy coming up soon? Is Amy almost here yet? Is Amy here? I'm like, I'm here, like I know Amy's fun and all, but like I'm I'm here too, you know? Uh, she is much more fun than I am, and uh, I, I get it, why, why you know, there's such an expectation of her arriving, there. But where's Amy, where's Amy, and, it's really for my son, and you just even her friends, and other kids, you know, want to see her, and there's this, this kind of waiting period of, like, she's on her way, but she's not here yet, like, we, we we've all kind of been there with something in our life, or for a person, or something, or you are that person someone's waiting for, like, you're on your way, it's not a total mystery, it's not like, if she's coming, like, She's coming. She's going to make it up. Uh, we're, we're just not sure exactly when. Apparently she's on her way. And this is also one of those things where I'm texting her, like, you know, where are you at? Like, oh, we're, you know, we're almost there. You know, we're almost there. And like an hour goes by. And I'm like, it's only an hour away. I'm like, I'm like, where are you? And she's like, well, it says we'll be there in an hour. I'm like, you haven't left yet? You know, I've been in these things with people. Like, you haven't even left. And you're like, you're not almost here. And and you're just kind of waiting, and and you know it, it's fine. But we're like, ah, we just want you to be here to be part of this thing. It's going to be fun, and the kids will have fun, and like, ah, this But there's this intermediary time of sort of transit that we're going to look at today in, in sort of the life of Jesus and some of the people around here. Like, it's it's happening, but it's it's there's still waiting involved, even though you know it's coming, right? It's not this, this blind hope. Like, I have no idea if she's going to come. Like, she's coming. She's she's just not here yet. As so we looked at this story last week about this this woman who is really freed and liberated out of love and, and grace of Jesus from her shame and her, um, kind of her disease, and this is a really beautiful story. I'm going to kind of read a little bit of that again today and, and pick up the story that is on either end of that, uh, dealing with this sort of, and this, the ache of sometimes waiting, the frustration even of of waiting, and so, now I'm just going to read it, and you can read along if you want, it's, it's Luke 8, 40, if not, uh, obviously feel free to just listen Uh, It's a short little passage, and it goes like this. When Jesus returned, Jesus had out been doing ministry in the countryside. He had kind of just wrapped up some business with some demon-possessed guys and doing some crazy stuff. And he's he's kind of got back to the village where he was home-basing. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. So again, here's this kind of this scene. There's like Jesus is out doing something. All these people are like, man, when is Jesus gonna get here? We need Jesus here. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was, was dying. So, the, so out of all these people expecting him, this, this one person kind of claws his way, fights his way to the front of the crowd. We saw this last week with this woman. There was a, a, a high degree of intentionality to get to Jesus' feet from both this person and, and the woman, uh, getting through, through the crowds, and he, he pleads with Jesus at his feet. His only daughter, his girl, his twelve-year-old girl was, was dying. She was very, very sick. We don't know what she had, but but it was enough that this guy's like, man, she's gonna die, and I I have no other hope. And and he falls at Jesus' feet. And so Jesus, Jesus was on his way. So Jesus hears his story, and Jesus is compassionate. And and Jesus was not about the ministry of just fixing everyone's problems. Sorry, that's not what he came to do. But as they came before him, he was also always compassionate in, in the moment. He was present in the moment, and so Jesus was on his way, and the crowds were just. So the crowds almost crushed him. This is some of the story from last week. And a woman who was there, who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years, but no one could heal her, she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her her bleeding stopped. So this is kind of parallel of these two characters of, of just fighting their way to Jesus. Who touched me? Jesus asked. They all denied it. Peter said, "Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. Like there's a huge crowd here, dude. Everyone's touching you." But Jesus said, Someone touched me, and know the power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go un- unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, a synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. So there's this really great story. <clears throat> In this arc of this story, of this, this woman being healed, of, of Jesus releasing this woman of this thing she's been dealing with for 12 years. And some of us know what that feels like to be just wrestling with something for 12 years. Whether it's, it's physical or emotional or, or relational pain, this dealing with it and trying to do everything you can to be, to be freed of it. And Jesus says, I'm going to free you, daughter. And, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he speaks to this woman in such a beautiful, kind way. And then it kind of ends the story, well, the beginning of the story, Jesus was going somewhere to help someone. And then he does something for someone else, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, sorry, that person you're going to help is dead now. Like, it didn't work out. And, and this is the posture of this, this other household. And so there's this, there's this woman, though, and I, and I want to touch this a few things that we didn't get to last week. Um, but there's this, this sort of idea of Jesus on his way. So it, their story is told, my, my daughter's hurting. Jesus, will you help? Jesus says, yes, I will help. And he's on his way, but he's not there yet. And so much of our lives as we live in this, in this faith that we do, in this faith that we believe in miracles, that we believe in, in healings, and we believe in a plan for our life, and people will say, don't worry, God's got it. Jesus is, is coming. It's going to be okay. But sometimes it isn't yet, right? There is this space between this, this story where it didn't seem like it was okay because he wasn't there. And I know it's nice, well, God's everywhere, God's over here. But sometimes it doesn't feel like he's there, if we're honest. Like we we know in our mind, well, he's he's here and it's going to work out. But it, sometimes it feels hard in that waiting. And if you're this guy who's just pled at Jesus' feet, he's desperate. Right? His family's back of the house. He's probably got other physicians and people around this this little girl, his his baby girl, his only girl, his just twelve year old girl is dying. Jesus, will you help? And he and he gets his he fights to Jesus. He gets to Jesus. Jesus, says, okay, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm on my way. But then he stops and just does something else with someone else. Like in the middle of this story with this guy like, no, 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 don't stop. We don't have time for anybody else. Don't talk to this woman. I don't care about this woman. I care about my daughter. Why are you doing that now? Why are you getting involved in this other story? You're involved in my story. Right? And some of us, founders on either side of this coin of these characters, like we just, we need Jesus so bad in our life. And then you kind of see like he's coming but he's not coming fast enough. Like, he's not freeing you fast enough. He's not bringing the next opportunity fast enough. And in the meantime, someone else is getting healed. Someone else is getting delivered. Someone else is getting opportunity. Someone else's life is changing. And you're like, God, I, I, what about me? And that can be a really hard place to be if we're just honest with ourselves. Whatever that thing is in your life, or had been in your life in the past, that I mean, I have these promises of my life, and God's good, and He's going to work it out, and He's going to get there, and whether it's for me or for my kids, or or something to do with work or or, or relationship, it's going to work out. But then, like, it's not; it's just taking a little too long, and it feels like a crisis because in this guy's mind, it, he he thought she was going to die soon, and it turns out she kind of did; like, it was a serious deal. And it seemed like Jesus kind of almost missed it, right? We'll, we'll kind of read on. He, he fixes it, but, it but, but you can imagine the heartache of this guy. Like, we don't have time for you to be dealing with someone else, Jesus. And sometimes that's hard when we watch God work in other people's lives, if, if, if we can just be real honest, when we're looking around at people and at what they have or, or what we don't have and how their lives are being blessed and how their kids are doing this. And like, you're like, ah, but I'm still kind of struggling with this. And supposedly he's on his way, but he, he seems like he's busy with a lot of other people right now, not me. That, th- those are hard realities. That's a hard reality for this dad who's like, "Oh my gosh, please, please don't stop. Come, come to me. Come to me." But Jesus stops, and when he dresses this woman, and I want to grab this word because it'll come up over and over throughout the New Testament scriptures. He says, your faith has healed your, or your faith has made you well. This is to the woman who had this disease for 12 years, or 12 years of her disease, 12-year-old girl, and kind of Luke's pulling his whole thing together. He says, your faith has made you well, and it's this Greek word, sozo. And, and sozo, it, it means to, to heal or to be made well, but it's also to, to save from suffering or just to save. So when we see sozo in the Greek word, word in the Bible, it's the word we'd even see in, like, John 3, 16, 17, right? So, for, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. So, it's big picture so-so, like, God came to save the world, like, in, in some degree, get us to relationship with the Father again. But it doesn't just mean pulling us out of this to get us to, like, this heaven, it means to made, be made well and to heal and to bring wholeness. And so it's the same word that we see like salvation for this woman had to do with her wholeness. Jesus is addressing that in that way. It wasn't enough for her just to be healed of this, of this sickness. He's about her whole life and, and, and removing the shame that had been on her, herself because of her body for, for so long. And we'll see it again when, when Jesus is dealing with people, this word, it, it comes in and out. If you ever see whole or wellness or healing or God so loved the world that he saved it, like it's this same word and it means all these things. It's a whole restoration of these things. It's not just, oh, just believe in Jesus, your life is terrible, but he doesn't care about that. He just cares that you get to heaven. No, that's not what saved is. That's not salvation. That's not so-so. He's about Restoration of 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 the whole person, mind, body, and soul. That's the work He wants to do on us here and now. Not just about getting us somewhere else. And he and he stopped and he talked to this woman. And we mentioned this. He said, "Who who touched me? Who touched the hem of my garment?" And he, you know, looked around. And this this woman didn't really want to say anything, but she heard his voice, and she just had to come clean. She comes forward, and, and Jesus has this dialogue with her and she shares she confesses in front of everybody and, and that's part of her healing process was this confession that she was not well and that she was hiding and that jesus would make her whole and he calls her daughter and says go in peace right this this relationship that you've that's been broken between you and all these peoples now made well and that's part of what's what's gonna this part of saving you this part of this sozo for you so Jesus is always looking at the whole, whole person, not just these instances. And so we'll see that as he deals with this, this synagogue leader who is a religious guy who has a certain mindset, and, and he probably wasn't necessarily a fan of Jesus, but at some point he got so desperate, like, I'm just going to try Jesus, right? I'm just going to try and Some of us are that person. Some of us know those people, like, whatever, I'll try Jesus because nothing else is working in my life. And Jesus is cool with that. He's not like, you know what, man? You've been blowing me off for all these years. Forget it. Go find somebody else. Jesus' arms are wide. The grace is big. And so even if you're here today like, man, I don't even know if I could engage Jesus again. I've been so far off. He's like, no way. I'm I'm right back in. I will be right back in. So, so, he, so he heals this woman in front of this, this guy. Presumably this, this guy Jarius was with Jesus, right? So he, said, he says, come with me. Jesus is on his way. It's like they're going together and he's you know, pleading with him to go faster and not stop and have a conversation about a woman who's who's now recounting her past twelve years. Like can you imagine that? You're like you're desperate, like you're watching the clock, you're biting your nails for a time and then this woman gets up and starts talking about her her story for twelve years of suffering. Like, oh the guy's like gag me now, like this is horrible. But, like, it's this beautiful thing. But, you know, we've all been there when someone's story goes on too long. You have to be somewhere. You want to be doing something else. And it's, it's all about, you know, maybe it was, maybe it's a God story even, right? People are excited to come back on mission trips. I, I love mission trips. And you be people, those go on for hours and hours and hours. You're like, oh, my gosh, like, I get it. Like, wrap this thing up. And so he's watching this in this mom- moment of, of, of ache, not even for himself, but for his daughter. Like, how is Jesus letting this thing go on? How is Jesus allowing this to happen? And we can feel like that with God. How is God allowing this to happen right now to me? He's, he, he wants good things for me. I, I believe that. He he's said that to me. And yet here I am. It's not happening. It's happening somewhere else. And it's taking too long. And she said, this guy comes back and reports this, this situation with, the, with Jairus's daughter. And um, he says, your daughter's dead. And don't bother the teacher anymore. And, and it's always very very cold, and, it, and it's hard to kind of understand that in the, in the original language, but it's like it's over, man. It's over. Stop bugging Jesus. Stop pushing him along. Stop grabbing a hold of him. Stop, like, shushing him when he's trying to talk to other people. Like, just let it go. Let it go. And then this despair of that, I, I, and I I am so grateful for my faith, and, and hopefully you are to some extent, too, that I, I, I think that's one of the things we're we're free of is of deep despair in this way. I mean, we can sink there sometimes, but this despair that would set in on this person that, like, oh, man, it's, she's gone, she's gone. And we've we've lost people. Some of us have lost closer than others. Like, they're gone. It hurts. Those are very real, painful things. And, and this is kind of washing over this this guy in this moment. But Jesus doesn't stop, which is interesting, there's not a ton here, but he gets this news, and he just keeps going to the house, he arrives at the house, he does not let anyone go in with him except Peter, uh, Peter, John, and James, and, and the child's father and mother, so he kind of has a small crew in there, and meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her, so there's all these people outside crying and weeping, and it's family, and it's honestly probably some just religious people just wailing, because that's what they would do, and, and pretending like they cared, and all these people are doing this outside, and Jesus says, stop wailing, she's not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. Like, no way, dude, you missed it. She's gone. She's gone. They laughed at him. But he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. And her spirit returned, and at once she stood up, and Jesus told them, give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what happened. So So for this story, for this guy wrestling with defeat of of the life of his daughter and where is god and jesus is very comfortable when it, this is one of the things characteristics about god that i don't always love he's very comfortable making us wait he doesn't care he doesn't care that you're stressed out he doesn't care that you think it's gonna it's it's not gonna work out it doesn't phase him at all and actually i think it makes him want to wait longer like if you feel like you're dying he's like "Ah, eh, i got time <laughs> he's got time it's hard. It's hard though. But this is some of the story that he wanted to teach this, this guy like, man, what I said, I, what I, said I got this. It's going to be okay. I, I got it. Even when it totally looks like it didn't. And death is a pretty extreme example of something like not working out. But man, even for God, he doesn't, he doesn't care. That's not going to get in his way. So whatever that thing is in, in your way, that hiccup that doesn't seem like it's working out, like it's, it's already too late. It's already broken. It's already not going to happen. Right? Even if it's dead, which is probably not that bad, like, it's gonna, he it could be resurrected. That story, that passion, that narrative, that, that relationship, that job, that career, that, that ministry, that, fa- whatever that is for you that just feels like, man, that's dead. And maybe someone's even told you it's dead, which is really hard. Like, give up on it. Give up on that dream. It's over. It's dead. Man, Jesus is not a God of the dead, but of the living. In these these instances, he's teaching this guy, like, man, don't ever give up on me. Don't ever give up on me. I got this. This isn't. This doesn't faze me. And he, and he, and he grabs this little girl by the hand, and he raises her up. He's says, get her something to eat. She's, she's probably hungry, right? Which is so cool of Jesus, because he's so casual. She's hungry now, so go find her some food. And then he kind of goes on, and you see Jesus in this place of compassion. People are laughing at Jesus, right? I mean, we don't always pick up on some of these nuances but even for Jesus as the, in his own humanity having to live that kind of life of, of even ridicule as he's, as he's doing his stuff and, this, and this, this dad to sort of been put at ease and, and to go back and say like, man I wish I, I wish I wasn't so worked up when you were talking to that other woman because she actually really needed you right then and you still had me you took care of her and me And it's hard when we go and we see other people getting healed or doing well and all this stuff to watch that, but God's big enough for that person and for you. (laughs) He's plenty big to, to take care of you and her and him. And as he works with this woman in sort of her wholeness, he's like, it's not just about healing and going on your way it's like i want you to be restored i want you to to understand me i want you to understand my my voice when she talks to this when he talked to this woman Dari he dresses her in this very beautiful gentle way like that was that was as important for her as the healing to know that jesus that god cared about her and loved her which is primary to anything else god loves you he cares about you even if you're sick sometimes, that doesn't mean he doesn't care about you. He loves you, but you have to believe that. And if someone took a shot on it, it's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe that. And the lesson for this guy is like, man, I'm waiting. I'm suffering. I'm scared for my little girl. And, I, and I'm super nervous. And people are telling me all this stuff, like it's not going to work. And Jesus is like, I got it. I got it. And so I just want you to be encouraged today by that, wherever that is for you, whatever that story is for you. Uh, you know some of you were here last week, some of you weren 't but the story of this woman just aching for twelve years of misery of sickness, of shame, of being disconnected from community from from temple from from her God. she says, "No, I want you to come back all the way back. I want you to know you 're loved again it 's not just about making you not sick it 's about making you well. Jesus wants you to be well and be part of life and community in abundance and then there 's this other guy kind of on the other end of that story just man he just wants something so bad from jesus and it just seems like it's taken a little too long (laughs) and maybe you're there like where is he he's on his way where are you jesus have you even left yet right (laughs) have you even left yet like where are you tell me because you can imagine man the dad's getting his phone's blowing up from the family back of the house like what is happening what is happening where is this guy it's hard in those moments Jesus, is he's, he's big enough to control those situations, and, he's, and he's, those are teaching moments as we wait and as we watch and we listen and we learn and hear his voice and learn to trust his voice. So much of hearing his voice is trusting it. It's trusting it. It's not just even hearing it. It's, resp- it's responding it to it. How am I going to trust this? When Jesus called the woman out of the crowd, she could have taken off and run, but she's like, I, I'm going to engage this Jesus in a conversation. I'm going I'm to engage God in conversation. We'll be talking about that the next few weeks. Engaging God in conversation—it's, it's fascinating that we get to talk to God. It's crazy. It's fascinating, and, and and so He's working with these people wherever they're at. So I want to pray for you, I want to have Noah come up. We'll close in a song. Um, <clears throat> yeah. If you just, if your heart's wherever those one of those stories is pinging your heart, I want to specifically just pray for you for that kind of, kind of healing. Guy, lift up. Uh, this is the. Beautiful people in this room right now, God. Uh, for the hearts that ache, and maybe they've been aching for a long time. Maybe it's been 12 years or more, God. Maybe it's been a month or years, but it's just been this ongoing ache, ache Lord. I, I pray you would restore hope and you would bring healing to that person or person soon, Lord. I pray you would bring healing and you bring hope and bring peace and wellness and sozo, Lord, that, 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 that wholeness of being. God, if there's someone in here just waiting, like, where is Jesus? Where is this guy? And, Lord, I pray you would remind them in your own way, in your own voice, that you are there, you are with, you are present, you understand. You will be there, you will take care of it. The story will be okay. To release that anxiety. Lord, I pray a release of anxiety right now. This word's coming to my mind. It's release anxiety. If someone has anxiety, God, I pray you release this as we sing this next song and just re- and close that. We love you. The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio was speaking. For more information about New Church, go to N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. That website address again is N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you and yours.